Hello everyone and um, thanks for joining us on today's webinar titled Finance, a Cornerstone of Environmental, Social and Governance Strategy. My name is Santosh Priyandas and I'm a Finance, Transformation and Strategic Outsourcing Advisor working with Infosys. Currently, I lead the global solution design efforts for Infosys BPM's Finance and Accounting Service Line. I will be your anchor for today's session and I'm joined by three experts in this area as panelists, Shirley and Rita from the Empress Group and Virai from Emphasis. We have a great topic for today's webinar, Finance, a Cornerstone of ESG Strategy. And we plan to cover a number of specific aspects related to ESG and the central role of finance in planning and executing ESG initiatives. We will also touch upon ESG reporting that is done to the street, to the regulators and a broad set of stakeholders. Uh, may also remind you to please uh, access the Everest Group's recent white paper on today's webinar topic. The link to download the white paper will be posted in the chat window. Uh, so let me get this started by doing a quick context setting. Since the term ESG was coined way back in 2005, enterprises have come a long way in A, developing their ESG strategies and coming up with a very consistent narrative for their stakeholders. B, in terms of ESG practices uh, being integrated into their core business and C, in terms of monitoring the outcomes and reporting progress made against those commitments. In 2020, the world learned a hard lesson that despite the best laid out plan, plans and preparedness we have, we do not know what disruption awaits us around the corner. And that lesson from the pandemic on uncertainty and business resilience the growing urgency that we see around climate change and energy transition, uh, boardroom conversations, investor conferences, <clears throat> and earnings call discussions focus not just on profitability, but on the long-term sustainability of business, and more importantly, <clears throat> the awareness and support for sustainable organizations from consumers and public at large. All these developments are today pushing enterprises towards ESG acceleration. Therefore, in today's scenario, ESG is a very top, pressing topic for all of us. Looking at an internal organization's perspective, ESG responsibility in an enterprise falls in many places and with various different stakeholders. That is partly the challenge of ESG, right? While corporations might consider new roles and new leaders might emerge for say, sustainability, a leader for resilience or for broader value creation, etc. We believe that the CFO and the finance team have a central role to play in ESG. This is because of two things. One, it's because the CFO and the CFO organization have default leadership perspective and accountability when it comes to reporting to the investors, regulators, or to do with anything with compliance related disclosures. And two, because ESG criteria cover a wide spectrum of attributes, many of which are not a part of financial analysis, yet they have financial relevance. It is therefore very natural that finance drives and champions the sustainable business model agenda. These are some of the topics we will touch upon in the next 45 minutes. And in terms of the flow, first we will hear from our panelists from the Everest Group on their purpose framework, evolution of ESG, the stakeholder expectations, key drivers, uh, and emerging digital levers to enable sustainability for service organization. Next. Uh, we will hear from Vinay on Infosys POV on ESG and ESG in finance. He will leverage and showcase the maturity of Infosys 
sustainability management system and reporting practices, it's worth noting that Infosys has been widely recognized as one of the leaders in this space, and very recently Infosys topped Trisil's ranking as the most ESG-focused company in India. And finally, we'll end up with a round of Q&A with the panelists. With uh, that introduction and setting the context, uh, I would like to invite the panelists to introduce themselves, after which I will request Shirley and Rita to present the Everest POV. Over to you, Shirley, Rita. Santosh, um, I'm really pleased to join you uh, on this call today to discuss finance's role in driving ESG strategy. Um, I'm a partner uh, at Everest Group and my team is responsible for our research in the areas of uh, finance, procurement, supply chain management services, and uh, customer experience management services. Um, but before I joined Everest Group, I spent more than 10 years at a global mining company in a variety of different roles, um, driving enterprise-wide initiatives such as GBS or uh, shared services strategy and human capital planning. Um, and it is during my time in the natural resources sector that I learned to appreciate the importance of ESG across all of its components for a business such as ours to thrive. And so it's been really exciting for me personally to see um, other industry sectors follow suit over the past uh, couple of years and um, increase their focus on ESG as well. So thank you and over to you, Rita. Much, Shirley, and thank you so much to Emphasis for having this conversation. I'm, I'm really excited to be part of it. Um, I'm principal analyst uh, for impact sourcing and sustainability research at Everest Group. Uh, I'm a newbie at Everest Group in bringing this, um, this work, not that Everest Group is new to this, uh, after joining, I've found that the ESG conversation is actually being had across our practices and it's very exciting to be part of the journey of bringing it up to uh, this kind of an audience. My background, um, I began my, my professional journey at GE as an engineer, but very quickly went into the role of finance. So I'm particularly excited to have this conversation. Um, but after spending some time in the private sector, I decided I wanted to do good and went into the nonprofit sector thinking that's where all the good is done. And then I found myself living in India um, and seeing where a lot of the challenges are and recognizing that the scale of the issues are never going to be solved by one sector alone. And that the private sector has a unique role and a unique responsibility in, in bringing, uh, bringing about change. So it's, it's really my honor to be here talking about that. Um, and lastly, my last role in India was as NASCOM Foundation um, CEO. And with that role, just the interactions with Infosys being on their campus and um, working very closely. It's just it's just really great to be in this conversation and have done this thought leadership with the team and looking forward to a, a great dialogue. Over to you, Vinay. Uh, Thanks, Rita. Shelby. Uh, Vinay here. I globally head the finance and accounting practice at Infosys. Uh, chartered accountant with 25 plus years experience. Uh, today, while we talk a lot about EST, it's extremely important to understand the finance role in it, the importance of the CFO's uh, contribution towards this, because a number of companies are failing because uh, 
they have not been able to adhere to their ESG standards. Uh, so the discussion that, uh, that that's going to be focused on, at least from my side, is going to be how we as finance professionals are going to, you know, influence this aspect and see that uh, we bring some amount of contribution to sustainability. Right. So I look forward to an engaging conversation. So Shelly and Rita, over to you. Great. Um, so um, in case some of you are not familiar with what we do at Everest Group, um, just a, a minute um, to introduce ourselves. Uh, we are a research and advisory firm that focuses on global services. Uh, we have 200 analysts covering market trends and developments, um, service provider capabilities, um, location strategies and analysis. Um, really all the information that, that may impact how business process services, IT services, and engineering services are delivered. Um, and as a research firm, you know, we've, we've taken note of the growing trends around sustainability, ESG, and impact sourcing in the services sector. Um, so uh, we are thrilled to have Rita join us recently to leverage her deep expertise and drive dedicated research um, in this these areas. Uh, Rita will get us started by sharing our purpose framework, um, the evolution of sustainability conversations and importance of ESG adoption. Thanks, Shirley. Um, so one of the big things that we started off with in, in this journey was to, to level set on a, a framework and putting very front and center the planet environment and people and social. Creating this common ground and was important, but also recognizing that there's a lot of concepts that are out there that have contributed to this. So we wanted to combine the concept of triple bottom line with ESG, um, with an addition of adding the business case and monitoring. Um, personally, I have a bias for the social sector and I think especially because we are in the services sector and we are a services driven industry, um, I think that's what's most interesting. Um, I think that enterprises are already creating products and services that promote and mitigate the environment and social impact. Um, and we see that providers need are demonstrating their contributions to the people and planet concepts. Um, the fact of the matter is we can't do this alone. Um, the environmental issues are important and they're relatively easy to identify and benchmark and assess. Whereas some of the societal issues are harder, um, identifying where companies have potential positive and negative impact. Um, so I would love to deep dive into sort of how this is evolving across organizations. Um, we've narrowed it into these four buckets. Um, checkbook philanthropy is really where a lot of these concepts started. It was about a license to operate, um, a lot of feel good activities and, and a focus on social responsibility. Um, then we evolved into the triple bottom line, which we did see incorporated into the purpose framework but really seeing that there's these trade-offs and there's these intersections um, and more focus on mitigating 
the negative effects of the, the negative effects on people and planet. And for the finance folks, really thinking about risk mitigation. As we moved into into 3.0, we started to see sustainability as a business opportunity. So terms like responsible business started to get more commonly used and we started seeing companies making money from this and, and really looking at sustainability enablement. 4.0 is, and it's not like everyone is going through necessarily each of these phases, but really that's, that's the pinnacle of seeing um, sustainability across the organization, that the whole organization is purpose-driven, that there's uh, concepts of ethical consumerism and business integration, and really showing that the purpose of business is not shareholder maximization, but really stakeholder engagement. Um, and the interesting thing that we're seeing from our research right now is that there is a journey um, and most companies are really in between the 1.0 and 2.0, even, even as we see um, a lot of conversations around uh, net neutrality and, and making these, the putting these goals out there. But really, at the moment, there's there's a lot more focus, or a lot lot longer of a journey that we need to go through. Um, so let's get talking about a little bit more of the the activities and the key drivers. <clears throat> we are seeing more and more companies undertaking sustainability related initiatives in response to the pressing global issues that we heard Santosh uh, sort of start us off with talking about, global, social, environmental issues. Leading organizations are finding ways to instill betterment into their business from educating and involving employees in grassroots communities, uh, community efforts to um, embed their greater purpose into their core business value models. Companies have learned that good does not just come from the philanthropic uh, the angles and nonprofits alone, sort of the journey I personally went through. Businesses already play a vital role in the economy, creating jobs, fostering innovation, providing essential goods. Um, these are all the, the core responsibilities. So adding in sustainability initiatives is um, helps considerably to create shared impact. In the last few years, our research has shown um, large organizations significantly increasing their sustainability reporting, for example. Um, all companies are discovering that in doing good, not only are they giving back, but they're achieving business value and competitive advantage. With the pandemic and social unrest creating greater pressure for change, forward-looking companies like Infosys um, are, are now taking their sustainability efforts to the next level and realizing that the business advantage this brings, tapping the changing demographics, staying ahead of the regulatory changes, um, looking at investor preferences, which a lot of the ESG concept really came from, and along the way, reducing costs, which is a lot about our industry. So I'd like to now get into a few of the key pillars and enablers of a, a, a robust ESG program. And this is really, for me, where the fun begins. Um, everything from green IT to mitigating AI bias to 
creating accessible technologies for persons with disabilities to integrating ethics in your, in your um, technology implementation. But as we discussed earlier, our research definitely shows that there's, there isn't, um, there's still uniform adoption has, has some way to go. Um, and as we see in this, um, sustainability is truly innate, the key enable labelers, sorry, um, is around the strategic integration and the report integration um, across business functions. And as the saying goes, you can't manage what you can't measure. The reporting piece is essential in all of this. So across the environmental, social, and governance angles. Um, my colleague Shirley is going to get us into more details of what this maturity spectrum looks like and uh, hand it over, Shirley. Thanks, Rita. Um, so in our recent thought paper on the role of finance in driving ESG strategy, we, we provide a deep dive into the ESG dimensions, their attributes, level of adoption, and maturity level. Um, for example, board oversight is an attribute of the ESG governance pillar, and many large global companies have implemented corporate global, uh, governance standards, which are subject to regular review by the board. Um, we are also seeing executive compensation beginning to be linked to ESG targets. Um, but by contrast, maturity levels for risk management, um, which is also an attribute under governance, is lower. Um, majority of organizations are still conducting risk management in an ad hoc uh, or silo-based manner, as opposed to executing it um, on an integrated and strategic um, enterprise-wide uh, risk management um, program. Under the social pillar, um, while we are increasingly seeing interest in adopting impact sourcing practices where organizations intentionally hire from specific impact groups and have a defined impact sourcing strategy, um, it's still a relatively less um, mature attribute. And um, as uh, Rita was saying, from a reporting standpoint, progress is being made to integrate um, financial and ESG reporting, as well as conducting um, independent assurance over ESG performance by an independent auditor. However, opportunity um, reporting for measurement and reporting on ESG related uh, value that is uh, generated or opportunities that are created is still quite um, nascent in most organizations, even um, in the large global um, enterprises. So as um, ESG strategies evolve, um, we are, are certainly um, uh, expecting that, um, that the maturity levels will, will continue to progress um, across that spectrum. Okay. Um, we, we are also seeing, you know, with the, the emerging technologies that we're showing here on the slide, um, that companies will be able to leverage these to drive their sustainability agendas um, on reducing carbon footprint, ESG reporting and analytics, um, as well as governance risk and compliance. Um, some of these uh, top digital capability priorities that we're showing here um, in the short to, to medium term um, enable sustainability for services organizations such as uh, cloud computing, 
AI and analytics and IoT. Um, these details, along with much more information on what it takes for finance to drive ESG strategies such as um, talent model implications um, and so forth, is available in our latest published uh, research paper um, called Finance, a Cornerstone of Enterprise Environmental, Social and Governance Strategy. Um, which is available to you through Emphasis BPM. And the link um, is, is showing on your screen under the chat channel for, for you to download. At this point, I'd like to hand it over to Vinay to share uh, the Emphasis point of view on ESG and, and, and specifically ESG finance. Thank you, Shelly and uh, Rita. Uh, you heard about ESG. Uh, let me start by saying we are going to be the we are the first generation really to feel the climate change right but we are also the last who can do anything about it because time is running out the pandemic showed you know the number of companies collapsing those who were not focused on esg those who were not focused on climate accounting they suffered and their ability uh, and their credibility in the market came down Right. Uh, before I really talk about some point of view on on emphasis, I would like to, you know, bring to your notice some recent incidents which all of you would have tracked. Right, uh, the Australian bushfire that happened, that destroyed the environment. Right, but it not just destroyed the environment, but it created a significant impact on the economy. COVID-19, we all know, I don't need to, you know, talk too much about it, but while it has been a health hazard, it's, uh, it's put people into tremendous amount of, uh, you know, troubles and the social part of it is being, you know, widely affected, even as we grapple one after another phase. And if you look at uh, what the Wirecard fiasco happened, uh, that led to insolvency of companies, huge losses, and that was because lack of governance, right? So whether it's environment, social, or governance, we have seen all the three of them in thing. And if you look at a combination of all these three, if you look at what's happening in the Western countries, there's almost 15% emission today, carbon emission, the highest emitters, which really leads to the fact that the environment social and governance aspects are being affected. So we need to be very, very focused on this aspect. And what I'm going to bring to you is about how we as accountants have a tremendous responsibility on this, right? Before uh, taking you there, a, couple, a few statistics. Infosys, uh, like Santosh mentioned, uh, was ranked number one among 79 companies uh, for sustainability and ESG governance. We are rated by Chrysler among the 100 uh, uh, top companies for sustainability. And just to inform you, we're about 30 years ahead. We have gone carbon neutral in terms of the Paris Agreement. And now we should uh, look at what is the vision of emphasis, right? In terms of ESG, very simple. Environmental, we say that we want to bring in solutions, both technology and domain oriented, which will protect our planet. 
we want to give our people equal opportunities and here i'm not talking of just the people with an emphasis please remember that we have taken a pledge and a target to digitally skill and train 10 1 million uh, people in india for the purpose of uh, you know this esg governance right and the last the governance is very simple when mr narayan murthy our founder was asked with a simple question as to you know how do you run a good business he said that we have to earn the respect of all stakeholders and our governance is around that whether it is our regulators whether it's bankers it's our customers our employees we want to earn the respect of all of them and the shareholders of course right now let's move to the finance aspect of it i'll give you three quotes from cfo community which is coming in for example the us global task force they have said that you have to include esg and climate into all your policy finance and risk strategy if you look at andre hegg the cfo of chadas bank he has gone one step further he says that the role of a cfo is no more about bookkeeping that's obvious you got to go beyond that and bring a lot of sustainability and esg value even if you look at cfos around the uh, globe they are all borrowing and uh, it is said that you know if you're doing debt financing go for green bonds right so the whole purpose is how do we bring in the finance element into esg and fulfill our responsibilities the climate accounting as well there is a quote by alan levens he says we have to understand the risk arising from climate in our financial statements and in our disclosures so you see the world over is talking about all of this a important part of esg is also diversity i normally don't read out uh, you know from a slide but i just want to read this quote which i feel is extremely important for love, for all of us to remember in our daily lives right include men in conversations uh, about women include white employees in the conversation of of black about black latinos americans and heterosexuals in the conversation about lesbian gay or transgenders and include everybody in the conversation of deaf dumb and blind just look at that profound statement that has come in that tells you a tale that all of us really need to think take a pause and get to the next level before i move to talking about finance it's important for you to hear just a short video from our group chairman nandan who talked about you know uh, the esg hello it's great to be speaking to you today on the occasion of infosys announcing its esg goals for 2030 infosys has always been a company that has looked beyond just shareholders at all its stakeholders be it employees society or the environment more than 12 years back we went on a journey to make sure that we became a far more sustainable company and over the last 12 years by combination of bringing in renewable energy production for ourselves making our campuses more efficient and doing carbon offset projects in rural india we are really delighted that now infosys is a carbon neutral company in 2020 
30 years ahead of the goal set by the Paris Declaration. Great. So we let's go to the uh, next uh, aspect of it. Now you will ask me, what is who are the authorities who are really calling the shots on this? You know, finance around ESG and climate. What are the typical characteristics to understand how good a company is in terms of its ESG? But what do you think are the metrics that we should measure? And this is where I want all of you to wear your accounting cap. Right? The Sustainable Accounting Standard Board is saying that you have to reveal every important financially relevant information relating to sustainability to help the educator, to help the investor to make an educated investment. Same way, the Climate Disclosure Standard Board is saying, make a similar disclosure on the climate-related risks and its financial impact on your, on your company so that, again, the investor is protected, right? And then there are other authorities like GRI, Global Reporting Initiative, who are just, you know, building awareness around climate change, human rights, or about corruption issues to several organizations, governments, and banks. Then there is the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure, which is one of the most important body when it comes to climate accounting, who are talking about how much carbon-related assets are there in the financial sector, or how much of exposure does our finance systems have to this. But the most important one is SFRD, the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation. Now, all of us invest in funds, mutual funds, and etc. And we look at growth profile, we look at margin profile, right? How many of us really look at the sustainable profile of that company or the fund? Very few, right? And that's what is going to be important for all of us to do. Because if the company is not sustainable, growth and you know the return will also diminish along with it. So these are the five bodies who have been really governing it and they're coming with the perspective, please protect the investor, please protect the, the environment which helped you create this, uh, uh, you know, great companies that you're running. So what are the characteristics, you know, really about these companies? The first is they will have lower earnings volatility, which means their earning is very stable. You can predict their revenue quarter upon quarter. We all do that with, with a little bit of plus or minus, uh, uh, you know, forecasting. It will also have a lower propensity to governance failure because governance is extremely important, right? The third is they will give you, if you look at their financial statements, all the information that is required for you to make your investment in terms of sustainability, in terms of your climate-related risks, which means these are companies which give you higher returns. The sum total of all of these four, my friends, is that this increases the investor confidence, right? Because it is these people who put that capital uh, which helped you to build the company that you have. And then let's talk of metrics. Now we talk of, these are metrics which you won't, you know, you won't be using today at least often. What is the emission per billion dollar of revenue generated? Have you ever measured that? Look at the cost of response to risk to preserve our market capitalization. I told you that there has been a tremendous uh, fall in the market capitalization, $40 trillion worth of market capitalization 
has depleted across the world how are you going to respond to de-risk yourself from this similarly the climate change has caused tremendous amount of losses how are you going to react to the cost of maintaining this risk you also need talent people is the most important in every aspect you need talent who understand esg who understand climate and climate accounting what kind of investments that you have made in these these are the critical aspects that you have to look at from, as accountants going forward it's not just gross profit margin or your balance sheet ratios these are also equally important ratios right but don't also remember there is opportunities uh, in terms of revenue earning now all of this if you want to de-risk yourself it requires good amount of solution so in infosys we have brought up a good amount of technology solutions to protect the environment these technology solutions are available as a service offering so it also gives you an opportunity to earn revenue so that's you know about governance metrics and thing let me spend another minute or two on climate change and accounting what are the key expectations from climate accountants the world of accountants chartered accountants now we are coming to climate accountants right you ensure that you track and report and disclose the right metrics which will give you the stability of your financial financial statement the reliability of financial statement is contributing to the stability of your company you also have to have a strong governance around disclosure and reporting that's extremely important while you have your internal governance what is also required is how do you provide an independent assurance on your reporting and disclosure so these are the key expectations from climate accountants and it's not very different from any accountant right but this is focused on climate esg a robust climate disclosure will ensure that it reduces reduction in cost of capital and efficient use of capital right allocation to companies so that there is a proper rate of return and all of this boosts investments which made it boost the economy so these are three aspects that you must keep in mind in terms of measuring the robust climate disclosure now i'll just end with talking to you about what are the core elements i'm talking so much about disclosure what are the core elements for disclosure two are very very business as usual metrics i already talked of it that you track the right metrics report and thing governance is required extremely important but look at the other two aspects strategy today we strategize around uh, you know what is going to be my growth which is my product my service my margin a significant portion of your strategy will have to include corporate not just corporate governance but esg as well as climate accounting risks we focus on process and technology risk business continuity planning and disaster recovery we will also have to build in our risk framework climate risks esg risks so therefore i think as accountants we have an onerous task here to bring all these aspects into our reporting disclosure and accounting okay uh, there's a question that has come up uh, i'm going to pick up one of these this is a very interesting question possibly vita i could um, send this your way uh, what is the expectations of financial capital disclosures from the gri standard djsi msci cdp and tcfd uh, so what are the expectations of financial capital disclosures from the gri standards i think that's actually very 
close to the question that we received also in chat, which is um, about benchmarking around ESG to improve um, all three components of social environment and governance. Um, and I think all of that really is very much related to how Vinay described a lot of the standards and the disclosure mechanisms that are out there. Um, and I think part of the good news is that there's even further consolidation of the reporting standards across each of these different spectrums. So um, just this year, we saw SASB uh, and um, the International, Inter International Integrated Reporting Council, there's so many acronyms, uh, we saw them co collapse into one organization called Value Reporting Foundation with the focus of the idea of all of this reporting is to create and generate value and bringing together those norms and standards seems to be part of it. But then now recently, the International Financial Reporting Standards which is global, uh, recognized throughout the, the world, that has now created an International Sustainability Standards Board. Um, and they're collaborating with all of those logos that you saw earlier, including the World Economic Forum and GRI. Um, so I think through all of those, uh, we should see a lot more integration, as well as a lot more clarity on what are the benchmarks, what are the parameters. Um, You'll see also in our in the report that we did in the white paper, we've gone through even further benchmark items that could be useful to every organization in terms of um, coming up with these standards. Thanks so much, Ritan. As we've heard in the last 15 minutes or so, this is an exciting time for the constantly evolving ESD space. And we've been able to just touch on a few aspects of this very important topic. Depending on where you are in your ESD journey and the ESD strategy that you have defined to address your own stakeholder expectations, we hope you make progress in building a more sustainable and resilient business model. Finance function is uniquely positioned to play a key role in the ESD strategy of any enterprise. That's partly because of where they sit, right? Uh, they are the cross-functional integration point with various internal functions and business teams. Uh, be it the supply chain, the HR, R&D, sales, production, fulfillment. This position that they set on helps them to establish common relationships and connect the dots to drive, monitor, and report ESG initiatives that are spread all across the organization. Finance can, can be involved in multiple ways. <laughs> from, how, from looking at how capital spend is allocated to support ESG initiatives, to ensuring ESG commitments are weaved into the business strategy and our annual operating plans, to then managing and tracking value of such programs and investments that have gone in, and finally, and more importantly, integrating financial and non-financial metrics to evidence the progress made against the ESG targets. Finance surely has a key role to play, and we believe that finance can truly be the cornerstone in your ESG strategy. Well, that's it from us for today's webinar. On behalf of Infosys, the Everest Group, and my fellow panelists, thanks so much for joining us today. Have a good rest of the day. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.